the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the leftover edition. Not really, but it's a post-Thanksgiving edition of the Spot Track Podcast. I'm Kevin Sylvester, along with Paul Peck and the founder of SpotTrack.com. Mike Gennetti, we've got off the trip to fan, like we've sat on the couch all weekend, watched football. I thought you were going to call all of us turkeys. I thought you were going that route there. Uh, no, I wasn't, Paul. That was too obvious. <laughs> you are kind of a ham, though, Kevin. <laughs> oh, very nice. Uh, you know, you can buy a lot of ham if you take care of your money, and our friends at Morgan Stanley Global Sports Entertainment uh, will help you and professional athletes and entertainers with the knowledge they need to make all the decisions about their finances and wealth. To learn more, go to morganstanley.com slash GSE, Morgan Stanley Smith Barney LLC, member SIPC. Well, with all the football uh, that we're able to watch uh, over the holiday weekend, we, we get to reevaluate some quarterbacks and where they are and young quarterbacks and where they're headed financially. And I it was think an odd weekend, not to interrupt you there, yeah, Mike. Yeah. Wasn't it? It was an odd weekend, almost more for who lost yeah. than who won. Yeah. Do we start there? Do we start with the teams and the quarterbacks that you know are underperforming, are miss, about to miss the playoffs? I mean, really, that's to me, that's the story that's, well, that's formulating right now in week 13 here. Yeah. Well, to me, a lot of it, I want to go Thanksgiving Day. Sure. And I look at the quarterbacks that played on Thanksgiving Day, and I, I think tides have turned from that. Trubisky hmm. wins a game for the Bears, right, against the Lions. Where did he need it? And he needed it, right? Uh, to keep some faith in him, uh, keep some you know faith in Chicago. I mean, you can say who was playing quarterback for the Lions. <laughs> However, the kid looked decent he for a did. while. And to me, uh, like they just said, all right, why are they keeping Matthew Stafford? Right? You've talked about they can I get have out. Talked of, about it, yeah. You've talked they can get out of Matthew Stafford, and I've got the perfect landing spot for Matthew Stafford because the team he should go to played in the game after him, okay. and that's the Dallas Cowboys because Josh Allen outplayed Dak Prescott in Dak Prescott's own building. Prescott looked awful. Mm-hmm. I don't want to take anything away from the Bills' defense, but man, Prescott looked bad, really bad in that game, and it says why the Cowboys haven't paid him yet. Uh, I spoke to this Friday a little bit. I, I'm not going to hammer on Dak too much. I'm not going to hammer on Dak too much. Dak comes and goes as Amari Cooper comes and goes on that team. And Amari Cooper is about 40% right now. He, can, he can't run a route. He can't get yeah. open. Um, and look at Dak wasn't Dak until they traded for Amari Cooper in the first place. right? I mean, that entire offense went four levels up when Cooper came into the fold and got comfortable. Uh, I, I look at it, and if I'm if I'm... Jerry Jones, and I'm signing these contracts now. I'm signing Cooper first now. I'm franchise tagging Dak Prescott, and everybody else can fall in place as they as it's fit as it fits. But I, I give Cooper a multi year contract extension after the season. I don't even blink. Isn't that to some degree what the 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 the, the description of Dak Prescott is, Mike? Yes. In that in that he just has never been. And I think you could say this about the game on Thursday, and probably mostly about his career. Yeah. He's good. But he he doesn't necessarily elevate the people around him. He needs the people around him to elevate him. Um, where I think that's always been the 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 sort of arbitrary line between the great quarterbacks and the good quarterbacks. Can I give you a name? He's Jared Goff. Yeah, yeah. He's Jared Goff. In a he's, lot of yeah, he's, he's more just fine. susceptible to yeah. the system. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so in that regard, and do you think the Rams? Spent wisely with Jared Goff? I think no. Mike's established that. No, okay. No. And, All right. And that's why I'm saying a franchise tag for Dak. Well. That's why I'm saying that. He, he, let me, let you me, can like him, but don't love him yet. Let me, uh, let me 
look at the other side of it, to your point. Mm-hmm. When you're saying he didn't become the quarterback – could put up big numbers until Mari Cooper came in, and you're going to sign Cooper to an extension. Yeah. Well, if Cooper's the guy making the quarterback, why the heck? Why? Guy can have anybody play you quarterback. Can, you can start over. Look, yeah, it's, yeah. it's going to be a new coach, right? Uh yes, that's generally clear. a new coach likes to start over. <laughs> yes, just, just how it works, right? Yeah, and Kevin's suggestion of a Matthew Stafford makes a lot of sense in some way. If you know, I don't know that the Cowboys would be will, are willing to make the double commitment of him and then moving on from Dak yet. Sure. Not, I don't get that sense they're ready to do it, but from a very logical, as we sit here and analyze it now, I, it makes sense to me. It makes sense to say, you know what? Um, I need to bring in someone who's better, who's a little been around longer, who has a little more of a track record, and particularly in a guy like Stafford, who's always been kind of good to pretty good, but never much better than that because he never always had a lot around him. Sure, I'm, I'm just looking at the Lions, and they haven't won with Stafford, and they, they paid him big money. Uh, you know, they should move on. It just, it, it might, you know, I know tradable. They, I mean, Galloway plays great with any quarterback. Yeah, Galladay, you mean? Yeah, yeah Galladay, excuse I, me. I like him a lot, actually. Yes, great um, player. I, I, I like the Chargers for Stafford. Sure, well, because you a know lot, actually. Phillip Rivers, you look at his numbers. Yeah. When the games are tight in the fourth, they're own eight this year, yeah. and he's thrown four picks. He's in, no he's in there was chatter that they yes. were going to bench him yes. if he didn't play well yeah. yesterday. I heard some reports that came out of L.A. that that they were ready to pull the hook on him and move to Tyrod Taylor. And and Philip has not played well at all. No. And I, again, I think there's a case of sort of showing your age a little bit. Well, also the commute. Like, let's not, you know, if, at that age, you're commuting every day. Uh, let, let's not. <laughs> no, he's, sitting right. the, he's sitting in the back of a limo bus. You're right. Yeah, but come on, if you had, if you had to commute a couple, you know, four hour round trip or more mm-hmm. every day, that's going to take your toll on you. I know he's a, you know, I know he's an elite he's athlete. He's also 37 or 38 right, years yeah. old. That that to me that has more to do with it than anything else. How about this though? We're, we're talking about quarterbacks moving around. Uh, there's a glaring, obvious example of one who did who's just been a disaster and Nick Foles yes is this think about it real quick go around the league a little bit it's not common it's not common for a guy to to latch on somewhere else and have success Ryan Tannehill is the exact opposite of this conversation right he's the outlier right now but it's not common it's not I don't we're talking about Stafford going to somewhere else we're talking about maybe Andy Dalton going somewhere else I don't think it's likely that they go somewhere else and become superstars there and, and become the the one piece that that team's it's just not something that happens in this league and and especially with the draft the way it is you know if that if they're going to do what if they're going to get rid of Dak in Dallas right if the option is franchise tag him for 27 million dollars or draft somebody number 21 overall which is going to be four years for like 14 million dollars what, what are they doing right you draft you draft right so I think all this conversation might be for not because if there is a new coach coming in and that he does want to start over I don't think it's going to be an Andy Dalton or a Matt Stafford. I think it's going to be the 21, number one, 21 overall pick. All right, well, and, and here's an argument. For, uh, real quick, people listening are saying, well, what about Drew Brees? You yeah. know, quarterbacks that go places. Uh, no, no, I'm not saying going oh, there. Oh, interesting. I'm saying about quarterbacks that go places and have success. Sure. You know, San Diego Again, though, goes to New Orleans Saints, and, and Peyton Manning uh, won two Super Bowls, Kurt Warner, Rams, Cardinals, Carson Palmer, Bengals, Cardinals. But these we're talking a. I'm just saying that a guy who played well sure. at, at a high level. But we're talking a small sample size. Yeah, it's not to, common. to your point. It is not common 
for quarterbacks to move around, which is why Nick Foles should surprise nobody because that was tried <laughs> before. Isn't, you know, isn't Nick Foles? Isn't the signing of Nick Foles was based on a limited six-seven game yeah. run to a Super Bowl win on a very good team? You know, and again, see, this is the mistake I think that a lot of teams make. They say, "Oh, Nick Foles on our team is going to be great." Well, you know, Nick Foles is good. He was better than good because he had all the talent and the coaching of the Eagles around him. You don't just pluck Nick Foles, grab him by the helmet, lift him up, put him on your less than good team and think that a guy like that who had already had a track record of being relatively average was all of a sudden going to become something (laughs) amazing. It doesn't happen. And that's where NFL teams get in trouble and make mistakes. And I think to your point, Mike, Nick Foles is a classic example. He has gone back to being Nick Foles, not Philly Super Bowl winning quarterback Nick Foles, journeyman Nick Foles who's on the brink of retiring from the league. (laughs) All right. But the argument for (laughs) – he's going to be all right. Uh, The argument for – drafting a quarterback is look at the success of the young quarterbacks in the NFL, the second-year quarterbacks in the NFL, the mobile quarterbacks yep. in the NFL. There are few mobile quarterbacks that had long-term success in the in the National Correct. Football. Steve Young there, was one. Still Randall, been any. Randall Cunningham. You could say Michael Vick. Would those be the three? Mo- yeah. Am I missing anybody on mobile quarterbacks yeah, and, that have had and, long-term and again, success? To, to parse your, to parse your Mike comments. Mike Pagel? To p- <laughs> Fran Tarkenton. <laughs> All right, um, but, but, but to parse yeah. your comments, Kevin, even those guys that you mentioned were not necessarily hugely successful. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the problem. Well, one was a Hall of Famer, Steve Young. Well, yeah, Steve Young. And, and again, not to take anything away from Steve Young, and he was a, as good a passer as he was a runner. I don't know that any of those other guys you mentioned you could say that about. Michael Vick, for all of the, of the marketing glamour and glitz and the numbers he put up, didn't really win a whole lot. And the other ones that we can talk about had their spurts until the league sort of reacted, and then all of a sudden they didn't necessarily have that same kind of success. But let, so let's look at um, Allen and Jackson. Hold on. All you right, meant, you made a, a nice point that I want to counter. You said that these guys well, don't have a nice point. Don't legs. counter it. <laughs> no, no. I got oh, a better go point. All right. Yes. All right. Cool. Um, running quarterbacks don't have long, long careers. That's what you're saying, correct? Generally speaking. Well, there, there's can, a short can I amend that comment? Go ahead. They don't have long careers running. Okay. If they if stop running and stay in the pocket, They'll they'll play right. Very few. Of them I was going to say that's going to be running. Yeah, it's, it's almost impossible for somebody to morph like that. But yeah. Russ Wilson doesn't Here's run my as much. Right? Argument. But he's not a runner. He's a scrambler. Okay. but not a runner. And I think uh, there's a major major difference. Yes, but I do think he evolved. I think he was running. Uh, no a lot. question. He oh, evolved. No question. But but I don't. I never felt like Russ Russell Wilson was a running quarterback like a Kaepernick, like a Lamar, like a Michael Vick. He was always a passer first who had is, incredible movement yes. skills. Is in Josh the Allen a running quarterback? Yeah, I was just going to um, say he is. He, to me. He's, a, he's following the he's Russell Wilson. He's not quite Lamar Jackson, Michael Vick running quarterback, but he's, he's not to the other way of. Uh, he's more to Russell Wilson, yeah. but not all the way as good a passer as. I, I don't know what I'm saying here, but okay. I think you guys know what I'm saying. Here's my, here's my point. I think he's a great runner. Here's my point. Let's let's take Josh Allen because we're about to go down this this path anyway. Let's say the Bills get eight years out of him, the rookie contract, and three years three years out of a sophomore contract. Do the Bills care? No, this, the this, Bills don't care. That's gonna be my point. These, we talk about these team windows all the time. Every single show yeah. we talk about team windows. If you can get any quarterback for seven eight years, take it. 
This is so, <laughs> Mike. This was gonna be this was gonna be my point with these running quarterbacks, and particularly Jackson and Allen, because yeah. they they run design plays for them to run the football. And everybody's like, "Wow, you can't do this!" You're, you know, running two things that don't last long in the you know in life are running quarterbacks and dogs that chase cars, right? <laughs> yeah. um, so, it's, but you know what? I, I think the coaches said, eh, "Screw it! If we can win with these guys running the football, why wouldn't we run the football? L- let Lamar Jackson do what he does best." Oh, and by the way, the kid can throw, right? Right? Yeah. I mean, he, he's basically throwing a giant middle finger up to all those scouts who said, ah, oh, I should be a wide receiver whenever. He can throw. Yeah, he let me, improved let me greatly. Throw. But I'm just saying they're like, well, I'm not worried about the long term. I'm worried about right now, right now. and winning right now. Yeah. Oh, by the way, that exact philosophy is the Patriots kryptonite. It's now official. This this running mobile system. Yeah. Where, Sean where Watson. Yep. It, it, let, let me throw something at you about Lamar Jackson. I just want to throw this out because I've been I've been thinking about this a lot. I heard Greg Cosell, who was a great listener, no matter what yeah. media outlet he's on, talked about Lamar Jackson, and it really hit me and made me really think um, that what what led has led to Lamar Jackson's success is uncommon in the NFL. It was John Harbaugh being all in on this guy. Mm-hmm. All in on, if we're going to draft him, we are going to change everything to make him work. And that means I'm telling you, Mr. Offensive Coordinator, you fix what you need to fix. I'm telling you, Mr. Personnel Guy, we're going to play two to three tight ends all the time. Why? Because if you play two or three tight ends, you have safeties and linebackers on the field on defense. And guess what? Safeties and linebackers can't catch Lamar Jackson. So it was a calculated multi-step process that just doesn't happen in most NFL teams. It was literally the personnel department said, okay, we're going to go get you some tight ends. And the coach said, okay, I'm going to restructure the offense because this is all going to work, but it's all got to work together. And I think it's brilliant. It's the most simplistic thing ever, but it's brilliant. We're going to put more tight ends on the field and that's going to make Lamar Jackson run better. And at first you're like, wait, how is that connected? Oh, I see how it's connected. Well, let's also... Um, look at they went out and got Ingram, yeah, at, at running back, and um, they added Hill, and, right? the, and, the, and the two deep threat wide receivers. Yes, and and Jackson's improved his accuracy, no question. So but it was all in. It was everything I know. they did was geared towards making Lamar Jackson the best he can be. Sure, because but, I think it was legitimately a, a concern amongst most NFL teams whether he was going to be this good. I mean, I, I know it's easy to throw it back at all the NFL, the wide receiver people, but I got to think almost half the league or at least a third of the league thought that legitimately, that he had never thrown the ball well enough in college, nor had his style of quarterbacking worked well enough in the NFL for most teams to say, oh, I'm all do, in on that Do you that know why guy. it didn't work well? Because they wouldn't let the horse out of the barn. Yeah. Well, because most teams wouldn't do what the Ravens did, which was a top-to-bottom restructure. Well, but not only that, but like, they tell him not to run. Well, that's what I mean. D- don't you think he was a little skittish to run anyway? <laughs> I mean, he's got a career in front of him at that point. Do you know I, what I mean? Well, I think uh, you, you look at you look at the young quarterbacks when they come in the league and overall, and we see Allen every week because we watch every Bills game. I don't watch every Ravens game, okay? Oh, I do. I don't watch every Texans game, but when I do, yeah. you know, I see Watson running, taking hits. He's getting sacked. Uh, Mahomes scrambles a lot. He'll run a lot. Uh, you know, he hurt his knee on a designed run play, and even on the thing, like, what are they doing? They're they're trying to win and they're 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 not worried about five years from now. Right, right. that's exactly right. Screw five years from now is what they're saying, and yeah. I, I think so it's should fine. the teams. 
That, that's, yeah, that's what the teams are saying. Yeah. Screw it. We're trying to win. We have something special with Lamar Jackson right now, and we're going to run the op- read option. We're going to have him throw. We're going to call design run plays. And you know what? If you can catch him, fantastic. Yeah. If he's going to get – he can get hurt dropping back and stepping and popping an ankle, yeah. right? If the I league mean, catches up yeah. to him next year, which they might, because sure. that's, that's what the, the league does. If yeah. you've got a Super Bowl trophy from this year, who cares? Right? Egg, exactly. <laughs> Nobody cares. Right. They're the, exactly they're right. the AFC favorites right now. No question. They are the AFC no favorites. Question. No question about it. I think it's it's an amazing, to, to me, the, what Lamar Jackson is doing, as, as you guys know my perspective on quarterbacks, I'm amazed by it. I'm completely shocked. I'll admit I'm wrong about it. Um, but again, to the point of it wasn't just, oh, we got a guy who can run around. Let's, let's let him run around. It was literally a top-to-bottom organizational commitment to him, which I don't know that we've ever By the seen way, Paul, happen. You missed one key piece to that whole puzzle, What's too, that? and that is in 2016, that was still the Flacco era, they went out and got a guy named Ronnie Stanley to, to be the left tackle for yeah. that team. The, it's not an accident. That has got to come first. Every team who's anybody, that comes first. That comes before any quarterback. They tried to bring in Stanley to fix Flacco. Flacco wasn't fixable. They just happened to stumble into Jackson late in the first round You know, a year later. Uh, but having Stanley there, now they, they did a disservice to him yesterday on the broadcast. I don't know if you saw that. No. One of the scrambles left. They basically said Ronnie Stanley is not even necessary right now <laughs> because Jackson's running past him yeah. on a blocking pattern. Yeah. Look at that's not when true. Jackson comes back th- on a three-step drop to pass. He damn well knows <laughs> Ronnie Stanley's on his left side right now. So I, to me, that is a big piece of this puzzle and something not a lot of these teams are doing in the correct order right now, and they're getting killed for it. All right, so let's talk about the money yeah. of this because that's the, the basis of the show. Um, so the money, when it comes down to these players, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, uh, let's look at Watson, those. Watson, Mahomes. Yeah, we yeah. can talk about all these guys, really. I mean, franchise these players or the fifth-year options for these players? It's going to be uh, very Long-term deals because, because of the long longevity of running quarterbacks yeah. and the ability to win running the football. Um, you know, do teams commit to him on the huge contract? That's yeah, a good question. I, I mean, somebody's going to have to be first here, right? Well, um, Mahomes would be first. Well, let me right? give you, let me give you the hierarchy of how this can happen. So Prescott is obviously available for a contract now. I don't think anybody will see that coming in the next four weeks, right? No, it's going to be a March decision, if anything, or a February franchise tag. Uh, Mahomes and Watson can't can get a contract after the regular season. They're eligible after the regular season because they're three three years. I don't know. I don't know. Look at Houston has a ton of fish to feed right now. Remember, they just brought in Laramie Tunzel, their left tackle. They're going to have to give him a gigantic contract. Uh, they've got some defensive players that they've got to shore up now because they let Clowney walk. They would have yeah. had to pay Clowney, obviously. Uh, they're going to dump Lamar Miller. He's going to come off that cap. They're going to have Duke Johnson in the fold. I think they need one more weapon there. I, it's, it may, might not be the right offseason to pay Deshaun Watson, who's valuing at $35.5 million right now. <laughs> So he's already above Russell Wilson's mark just on, on a straight baseline valuation. Mahomes is slightly above him now at $36 million. And I think the interesting discussion is Lamar Jackson has now leapfrogged Patrick Mahomes in our calculated valuation. He is now wow. the highest-valued player on spot track, Lamar Jackson. So um, Jackson and Josh Allen, though, can't be extended until after 2020. They've got a whole other year where they've got to just play out the, on a rookie deal no matter what. So there's, they're not even eligible. That's so mm. I, I came to Which the show. Which I think is smart in the case of Lamar Jackson because I think a good organization has to see 
how he'll do it again next we're year. We're seeing that with Mahomes. Before you're ready to right? make that commitment. Yeah. We're seeing some injuries and we're yeah. seeing some 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 slip in production. We're seeing yeah, the defenses fallback figure isn't, him out. Isn't, isn't huge, no. but there's a fallback there, right? I think we could all say Mahomes sure. has not been as good this year as he was last year, which is, again, to my point, is it's the NFL, man. Give teams an offseason to prepare for a guy that seemed to be unpreparable, and they will do it well, I think to some degree. I think the running game is not as strong as it was last year. They, you know, yeah. they don't have Kareem. Hunt and yeah, they miss him a lot. Lashawn McCoy, uh, you know, yeah. uh, stretches things out a little bit. Uh, Williams was hurt uh, yesterday, and their defense hasn't been very nearly as good. Yeah, but either, defense which put, wasn't good. Yeah, but it, well, but it puts more pressure on their offense. There's no question about it. Uh, what I do think is interesting is you've got Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen synced up here contractually, two very similar uh, built teams. Yes, I, I was thinking about it on the drive here to the show. Those teams really don't have to do anything this offseason. They can't sign their quarterbacks, and if right. you start to look around the roster at at their core, right? I mean, their core defensive players, their core offensive players, their weapons. Everybody's kind of locked in. Everybody should be happy with where they are. I mean, you've got a bunch of rookies, you know, on rookie deals. Other than that, you're just going to be plugging and playing. I mean, the Bills are going to make a couple of, I think, linebacker moves this off season. You may have to replace like a Shaq Lawson, a defensive pass rusher. That secondary is getting a little older, but and and certainly Baltimore is playing on house money with guys like Earl Thomas and Marcus Peters, you never know when that's going to turn, but they're, they're just very similar. If you if you look at the makeups of both of these teams and the contractual makeup, makeup of these teams, they're going to be carbon copies of each other, and this you could be talking about the, the number one, number two team for the next I'm two seasons. I'm telling you what, for a Buffalo Bills fan, that's yeah. about the best thing that you could yes. possibly hear is that they're on track and comparable to the way the Baltimore Ravens are doing business. Yeah. Right? Isn't that the best, almost the best compliment you can get? Outside of you're you're a lot yes, like New England. I will think I, I will say the Bills will probably need to bring in another running back in, mm. in next offseason. Yeah. Um, unless but those are cheap. Unless Frank Gore can continue to <laughs> defy Father Time. Well, they need yeah. they need their younger. But, they need their Mark Ingram, which is a little younger yeah. and still with tread left but on the tires. Singletary is turned out to be yep. a great draft pick. Yep. Dawson they Knox has turned a, out to be I a think good they draft pick. Still are in need of a of a number one receiver, but that might be a draft pick, a high hold, draft. Hold pick. on a second. A, a legitimate. Top flight number one receiver. All right. Do you think Antonio Brown's interested now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, well, they they uh, John Brown. Yes. Didn't he go into the week leading the AFC? Yeah, in but that doesn't make yardage? him a number one receiver. What well. I think is funny is he wasn't a good fit for Lamar Jackson's offense. That's right. That's he right. left Baltimore <laughs> to come to Josh Allen's offense and has been the number one target. So it's it's all kind of plug and play here. It's, there's a lot of similarities between these two rosters right now. And we'll see how it all – I mean, they play each other, by the way, play Sunday. That's correct. So you're going to see these two quarterbacks up close soon here. And then it's it's looking – it's lining up right now, Bills versus Texans in the playoffs. So you're going to get Allen versus Watson at some point in this year too. So, I, I mean, these these young running quarterbacks are here. It is the new generation by – it's clearly the new generation. Are we going to see teams push more for this now? You, I think you, so. Here's I, the, here's I the think problem, so. You've got – what, Paul, you've done some work on the, on the draft a little bit. You've got five pocket passers being targeted right now. Is that antiquated? It coming into, the, into yeah. this draft? I mean, Burroughs isn't moving. No, Burroughs is, is right? a classic pocket guy, and, yeah. and so is the, you know, so Herbert, the, uh, right? Herbert's a pocket guy, and, uh, you know, even depending on his health, Tua Tua's is kind of a pocket guy, <laughs> right? Yep. Yeah, well, you know, again, which is sort of the this pendulum swings a little bit back in college, 
back from the athletic running quarterbacks back to those kinds of guys. And and again, the NFL can only take what they're being I just de- wonder, delivered to. The, I think the fourth guy on this list right now, quarter, on, from a quarterback standpoint, now that I look at one of these big boards, is Jalen Hurts. Yeah, now is he's Jalen a, Hurts a guy who's going to rise up the board because of what we're seeing in the NFL? I think you could see that. I think so. Yeah. Even though, even though I don't know that he's a, enough of a quarterback passer to yeah. be a good NFL quarterback, but what what do any of us know anymore? Right. <laughs> well, the interesting thing was he's look, a playmaker. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Look at the quarterbacks, the top quarterbacks taken in the last couple of drafts, and you know Baker struggling with Cleveland, yeah, and Darnold. Uh, struggling. Well, yeah. I'm not surprised. Mo- the, the mono recovery. Um, I, I once he had mono, I'm like, this year's done. Yeah, yeah. I still a think he's going to be that, a yeah. really good quarterback. I like yeah. him a lot, and he's yeah. also really young. I think we knew that coming into the draft. He was one of the younger guys ever coming into the draft. He's really young. I think he's still going to be pretty good. I I, I love what wasn't the <laughs> story they, when they won recently. He went out, you know, partying, and you know, may have, you know. Yeah, connected, yeah. <laughs> and people are like, "What?" I'm like, what? "He's 22 yeah. years old." Like, that's what. And he's a quarterback in New York. You, yes. you, you yeah. praise Joe Namath yes, for the same right. behavior. Doesn't seem like something Eli would have done, though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, I uh, want to uh, mention here real quick that today's episode is brought to you by the Athletic. The Athletic is a subscription-based sports news site delivering in-depth sports coverage for real fans. Get detailed coverage every trade, free agent signing, and storylines on your team, as well as expert analysis from national writers like Ken Rosenthal, Michael Lombardi, and Pierre Lebrun, plus deep insights from analytics gurus and former team executives like John Hollinger and Seth Parthnow. New deal. Cyber Week deal. Sweet. I forgot they just kind of threw, threw this our way. 66, 50% off? 50% off. 50%, 50% off. 50% off the entire first, first year's membership at The Athletic. Uh, visit SpotTrack.com. We've got all the links built out there, and you can click on one of those articles at your favorite team sp- uh, page on SpotTrack, and you'll get the deal right in front of you. So 50% off all Cyber Week. All right, there you go. Go to the link at SpotTrack.com for the athletic link there and the SpotTrack 50% off deal on Cyber Week for the athletic. Again, they have a, a lot of great journalists there, uh, and with each team too, and better with each team. And, by the way, uh, if you follow the NHL thing, uh, we're going to transition to hockey here. Yeah. What has been going on with coaching, and you know Babcock and Peters, and uh, the Athletic has been reporting on this uh, very well. So I uh, just wanted to still on that, that Astro story too. Yeah, That's well, not going like away. Cheating story. That's right? not going away. They are investigating the heck. They're, they're going years back now to see how far this is. Oh wow! Seen some great. Well, that's you, some great cartoons. You know what? That that is <laughs> marching bands in the dugout. <laughs> <laughs> that is what. Um, the subscription-based model allows them to do is to assign yeah. people to do that. Yeah. Beats. Whereas if they were, you know, in a newspaper, well, I'm sorry, you, you know, you, you can't spend all this time. Uh, investigative units that just can't afford to do it anymore. All right, let's uh, let's talk about uh, some money in hockey and in golf. But we'll start with hockey. We're at the end of the decade, guys. Yes, we're gonna we're gonna start shocking. a little series here. We've gonna we're gonna have four shows back to back to back to back here. Uh, highlighting the decade of finances in each of these sports that we cover, uh, sort of you know the spending, the top the top earners, players, the top spending teams, uh, all the big contract busts, some of the better contracts throughout the last ten years, and then you know we'll talk about some trades as well because all that kind of matters to how how this. I mean, this has been a fun project for me from a research standpoint. You just you you don't realize how much gets packed into ten years of of contracts, but then also. It's funny how some of the better contracts in all these sports, I've done the research now for all these sports, 
are the longer contracts, which is completely contradictory to everything I believe in, right? Which is, you know, outside of the NBA, which is going to be a short and sweet contract discussion. You know, we're going to talk NHL here. I don't know that there's a better contract than Alex Ovechkin's. His contract which was signed good. in 2008, so it doesn't qualify for this. But a 13-year contract at $9.5 million for the best goal sc- one of the best goal yeah. scorers in the history of the game, right? The $9.5 million now is a bargain. And it was a bargain years ago. Yes. You know? So, yeah, it's, it's a steal nowadays, but... It's just funny how, you know, the game has changed. The game has changed three times in the past 10 years. It just has. You know? I mean, you know that more than anybody yes. that speed, it was speed, then it was defense, then it was goalies, now it's back to speed, right? I mean, yes. It, and the contracts have to adjust accordingly, so it's, you're going to see some of that as we break down these players, but a lot of interesting numbers Well, here. one of the interesting things that's changed, too, by the way, is, you know, it, it's puck possession, yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, that's it's gone away from out, right? but it's gone away from it too. Yeah. It's got, like they, they've determined that dumping it in is just as effective, or sometimes more effective, depending on your team's speed of getting the puck and scoring and lo- chances. But a lot than of carrying that is, it. A lot of that is because they changed the rules of you guys aren't boarding anymore. You're you're not getting crushed. You know, pinned right. in and yes. losing possession ninety percent of the time. There's a lot more swing to offense now, which is good for the league. Um, the interesting thing to me, by the way, the cap, right? Yeah. So the cap in 2010 was 59-4. And so part of these numbers were the, the um, Players Association got to kick in a 5% escalator, right? They can just say, yeah, it's going to increase 5% so they can get more contracts. Now, remember, players put in money. Mm-hmm. They put in escrow money from their paycheck. So I always thought this was the damn oddest thing ever. It, it, and I, I, I assume most players, agents... Um, educated them on this, but if I'm a if I'm a fourth line forward, I'm a bottom line guy yeah. making league minimum. I'm paying uh, eight to thirteen percent of my salary, so my top line guy Ovechkin can make nine and a half million bucks. I am kicking my money in to help pay his salary, which I may not get back. Where you know, and I know he's paying it in too, so he's paying more. But the let's just say ten percent. If they, the ten percent that he kicks in doesn't hurt him as much as the ten percent I have to That's kick right. in, right? So the escalator, they did it in 2011. So it went from 59.4 to 64.3. They did it again for 2012. They did not do it in 13. Revenues were down uh, because you had a you had a lockout. You lost six million on well, the cap. But because there's a lockout, right? But Remember, that's huge. They only did half a year, so it was 64 million. Then they kick in the escalator again, and. Uh, no, they didn't do it. It didn't no. go all five. They did, I think, 4%. They can go up to 5%. And this past year, they decided not to do it at all. I know. Uh, so it's $81.5 million, which, again, to me, knowing that there are teams that lose money. Yes. That it go, it's $81.5 million. And there's more teams in NHL that lose money than you think. So do you think it's too high? <laughs> yes. Because I'm of stun- revenue? I'm stunned at that. Yeah. yeah. I'm stunned at that number. Somewhere yeah. in the 60s is about kind of where you think it should be, Kevin? I, I think top end, yes, somewhere around sixty million, and there'll still be some teams that struggle at sixty million. No kidding. Yeah, sure. Arizona, like they don't have the TV deal, the local. Yeah. T- they, they have a local TV deal, but they're not. They're not getting the local TV money. I wouldn't. I wouldn't think uh, as even much with the revenue sharing though. They're you don't think there's a well, way no, out for but, them. No, well, so the the way the revenue share, unless they've changed this model. Yeah. Okay. Um. I used to see these numbers. Yeah. And so the revenue sharing, it, it, you know, Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver, mm-hmm. uh, Chicago, New York, Boston, Boston. Those are your top six 
revenue uh, generating teams, mm-hmm. top six. So they they make X amount. So they have to throw in you in order to get revenue sharing. You do have to show an increase. All right, you got to show that you're keeping up with league <laughs> revenues and increases. Yeah, but but there's a model. Yeah. There, there used to be a model. There used to be a model where you could figure out the sweet spot where you can grow so much and you'll get free money in the system. And then the bottom teams who didn't grow, who need it the most, they'd, only, they, they'd get some help, but not enough. Man. That's the way it used to be. Now, it, it, perhaps it's changed. Um, but this is why they vote for expansion every time. I was just going to say. Because the, nice the owners don't have to share that money with it's the players. It's, it's a huge cash grab. Man. Half a billion Split amongst the thirty teams that you just okay take and put in my pocket. So let's talk about that. How but is that going to impact money. the next decade? But here's where the teams make money: if they can control the arena and sure. the concerts and stuff like sure. that, it's non-hockey related revenue. But that has nothing to do with the players. I, I know, but so you're saying you're, you're going to operate a hockey team at a loss or not make as much money? But if you controlling rights of the arena, like they have here in Buffalo, mm-hmm. well, you know, then when Carrie Underwood comes to a concert, they get that money, and it doesn't go. So it's worth it. This is what this is what troubles me. Um, I agree with everything you said. I think you're a little low on the cap, personally, just okay. because of where we are financially with the rest of all these other sports. This ha- it can't be this far down, right? Is any- the NHL this far away from the other three sports? Truly, well, uh, you know why the cap did go up? Uh, yeah, but it's only been a million out of national no. TV contract or a, well, or a big one. They, yes, they got the. the but sure. actually, hang on. But the the big contract came from Canada. True. Right? So. You know, it's where the NFL's big money's U.S. They have a Canadian rights deal. Sure, not as can't can't be as much as the United States deal, um, but the big deal came from Canada, so that did inflate the cap. So they are getting money for that. So I, I may have to step back a second on some of those comments. That every team gets some of that money from the national deal, but it, but it's Canada. not to the level of the other three sports and what they generate. No, no it never will be. Well, actually, in Canada, it was I want to say it was a one point five billion dollar deal. It was a huge deal, huge wow. deal that they'd signed, massive deal. And then when the dollar went down, and you know they're hurting from it a little bit, but uh, when the dollar was at par, it was a huge, huge television right. That's deal. all a big part of it. Huge, yes, the poli- absolutely. The, the United States politics is a big part of hockey because of the globalization with Canada. Canada, correct, is the sort of the parent of this whole thing. The interesting <laughs> thing was back in the early '90s, mid '90s, there was the they called it CAP before they had a salary mm-hmm. cap. The Canadian Assistance Program. Every team had to put in to, to you know when the Canadian dollar was half of what the U.S. dollar was because Canadian teams had to pay out in U.S. dollars. So. You know, teams like Buffalo had to pay into the system. Jeez, we've come a long way. Huh? Yes, come. A, it, it's reversed, frankly. It's reversed where the Canadian teams are. I mean, that's why you saw a team in Winnipeg when the dollar was at even. How are they going to support a team in Winnipeg? Well, the dollar was at par, so they could do it. Yeah. Now it's a little lower, but fans in Winnipeg, you know, love their hockey. That's why Quebec, uh, I believe, did not get an expansion team because the dollar dropped. Really? Canadian dollar dropped, hmm. yes. So Canada's out right now. Well, I don't say Seattle's, that out. Seattle's but, close enough, though. Uh, Seattle is close <laughs> enough. Uh, I'm just saying I, I, I thought Quebec would have got it. There was always rumors of uh, a team moving to Quebec, either Florida or Carolina. Um, Carolina's resurged a little bit with new ownership there yeah. and a good hockey team. Florida's got a good hockey team, although yeah, no. not enough for fans to uh, be spending the money to put uh, in the seat. But as I've said before in the show, don't discount the desire of northern teams to go play in the south and the players wanting to yeah. go play in the South well, for a little break. And the overall thing about hockey is it's still the most dependent of this major sports on the actual ticket sales. 
hmm. right? More so than any other sport. All the other sports, particularly football, can because survive no if you never sell yeah. another ticket because of the television yeah. numbers where hockey is just an outlier in that regard. On the individual team basis. Yeah, the gate. Yes, yeah, right. the gate. It's, it is a factor for sure. And when you make the playoffs and you can increase those prices, huge. Yeah. So, so let me throw this at you because we'll, we'll get into the contracts a little bit here. So you're, everything you're saying is correct, and it is what it is, right? I mean, that's how the revenue works, and, and it, that it trickles down to the players at some point. The problem is the CBA also has a maximum 20% salary correct, on that cap. So if the cap rises has risen, what, 1.5 to $2 million over the last four years. That's it, you know, on an annual basis. So you had Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves sign a contract in 2015 worth $10.5 million a year. Right. Then... <laughs> Four years later, excuse me, four years later, you had Connor McDavid, who is a, a step above. Patrick McCain was generational. Connor McDavid is, what, triple generational, right? Is he three times the player Patrick Kane will be? No, he's not. Is he double? No, I don't think he's double. No. Oh, no. I, don't, I don't think he's he Pat Kane. He hasn't helped his team win like Patrick I mean, Kane I mean, did. Pat Kane is the most productive player of this decade. Yeah, pa- Patrick Points Kane. Wise, he is. I know. Patrick Kane is the best U.S.-born player ever. Ever. Right now. Ever. Uh, apologies to some people there, but he is. He's the best U.S.-born player ever. He's a three-time Stanley Cup champion. Um, he's an unbelievable player. No question. He, but Connor McDavid's not worth twice. He's not twice no. as good as Patrick Kane is. No. Connor McDavid, I'm going to tell you right now, he should hope to have the career Patrick Kane has had so far. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if you're, you're talking just, about championships. Yeah. yeah I mean, if you're just looking <laughs> championships and overall, if you just want to go produce points – uh, fine. All right. But here's something know, we can agree on. It though. comes down winning. What we can agree on is in in the matter of four years, Connor McDavid should be making more than two million more than Patrick Kane. That's four the years reality. from now? No. Patrick Kane signed a contract in 2015 worth ten and a half million. Connor McDavid in 2018, last year, signed one for twelve and a half million dollars. Right. That's not right. You think it should be more? It's got to be more. It's got to be more. You need your superstar players to be able to push the envelope, and the NHL well, is stopping that from happening. Well, here's here's the. But this isn't a fifty-three man roster. I know it's not. You know what I mean? But here's the argument for McDavid not doing that because if you take up so much cap space, you leave no room to sign the other really good players on your team, sure. and you leave no room to add players at the deadline for injuries and a chance to win the cup. And players know that. There's no question. So everybody's taking a discount. Does, I mean, that's, that's why. The, I mean, Kane what, and Taves took the discount. Those are did. discounted contracts. So is so McDavid. McDavid could have got 16. Yes, they took it to stay together. Yeah, and 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 stay on a good team, just like Crosby and Malkin. Too, but you know, I mean, because it, they paid those two, and they paid Duncan Keith, yeah, and Seabrook got some, and the goaltender the got some. Yeah, they and they couldn't keep. Um, oh God, Panarin. Is it the they, way to they, do it though? Is it is it what we want in hockey? Look, you guys have been in this financial world now for two years, right? And when you think about sports from this way out, right, from the money out, do we want a bunch of guys who are taking team-friendly deals to stay together, or is that is that an antiquated thought? I well, as long as the Patriots keep winning, yeah. it won't be an antiquated Oof. thought. I like it. I I like I like the stars staying put, but that just makes me sound like old guy. Yeah. No, um, I don't. Don't think it does. I think there's a it's a there's a track record of success in that regards as well too. Yeah, there is. Um, I just, I just like, uh, I think it helps with the identity of the teams to have players stay put. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes longer, uh, well, 
Yeah, I guess I mean, Kane, and, I, I, Kane and Taves are an example of not taking Well, yeah, but nothing against Panarin. Nobody, no, they, they weren't selling more Panarin jerseys than they were Taves and Kane jerseys. So, you know, again, I, I, your example is a good one, Mike, and he turned out to he's a really, really good player, but most Blackhawks fans would have said, yeah, let him go as long as you're going to keep the other guys. But you know, let's look at this. The cap system and this 20% max makes it, advantageous for the player to say okay well you know what i like it here whatever i'm going to stay here and not move they used to have an uncapped league yes remember the rangers yes Paul? yeah yeah like it was ridiculous yes. how much Gomez money and they, they signed all those guys. bobby whole league yeah. like yep, four yep. million a year to be their third line checking center yeah you're like what are you doing because they could because they could okay so let's use that let's use that you're right that was exciting yeah it was exciting it, for about two weeks was it though it was exciting for two weeks, and then when the but season everybody started, everybody was like, talking oh, about they're it. not as good. Yeah, but everybody was talking about how how it didn't work too. Well, yes, yeah, because once the season started and the game started getting played, they realized there was a huge mistake. Uh, here, here, let me look at it from an NFL standpoint because the NFL does this right. Would we be talking about the Browns if they didn't? You know, they were Super Bowl, essentially AFC Super Bowl favorites heading into the season. They signed everybody. Yes. They traded for everybody. They've got the most polarizing young quarterback of this of this group. They're terrible. Yes. They're they're a we, terrible team to watch on the field right now. Which is but what we I, can't stop talking about. Yeah, but but see that. But to we me, can't stop talking about. But them. to me, that's the error in all this. And haven't we all not learned our lesson now? You know the old cliche no. of of winning the press conference. <laughs> It, don't we know now that that almost has nothing to do with actual I guess winning? My point is this, Have we though, gotten so much to a world now where we're more concerned with the off season and the middle of the week <laughs> than we are with the game days? Right, but I'm not is, blaming I mean, the fans. I know I'm not blaming no, the no, fans. No, no, no. I'm it, saying, shouldn't the NHL want this? Well, isn't this what the NHL is lacking? Shouldn't the is NHL be drama? smart enough to look <laughs> at how it's not worked in other sports? Ah, it works. Let me. It let, works. Let me tell you where the NHL. Um, does have it right now, which okay. we've seen more recently. And I'll, because, uh, and by the way, uh, on the website with the decade stuff, I mean, there's, you know, this is this is up, right? Yeah, we'll put a, it, we'll post it. Yeah, this, this would be because there's a lot of great stuff to look through here, and yeah. you know, we don't, we could spend all this time on it. Uh -huh. um, but Taylor Hall, for example, yeah. okay, F uh, first overall pick, 2010, really good player, really good player. Uh, he was good in Edmonton, uh, but they had they had the number one overall pick in 10, 11, and 12, yes. right? Uh, Browns-esque. Yes. Nugent <laughs> Hopkins, good player. Yeah. Nail Yakupov, you know what? He, he It was not a good player. Not a, well, he's an okay player. Yeah. Was an okay player. Uh, just not a great player, right? But Taylor Hall gets traded because of McDavid, right? Yeah. You, you can't have all these stars. And now New Jersey is talking about trading him again. Yeah. And because they're not they're not doing well. And look, so that is good. That's okay. Because when you sign him, they sign to these discounts. The max contract. Then they're movable. They're movable contracts. Yes. Play Ryan O'Reilly, one of the worst trades ever made, right? I mean, you look at what happened with Buffalo. It's on the list. Louis last year. It's got to be on the <laughs> it's list. It's on the list. Don't worry. All right. He, you know, he signed a huge contract. They argue they overpaid him, but they're able to move the contract, and yeah. he goes <laughs> and yeah. wins the Conn Smythe and the Stanley Cup yeah. with the St. Louis Blues. How about An Edmonton deal. and New Jersey having 60% of the, of the number one overall picks this decade? Well, it's because Edmonton's had four of them, right? New Jersey's had uh, two. Well, they've had two. two. That's, That's right. <laughs> it's pretty damning, right? Yeah. And Edmonton's sort of turned the corner? Sort of. Yeah. <clears throat> Have you seen they McDavid seem live to yet? sort of turned the corner, don't they? Have you guys seen McDavid live yet? Oh, McD he plays at a different speed, yes. Yeah, he plays at it a is, completely different it's speed. It's not normal. 
No, it's not normal. He's he. I'm excited to see Lamar Jackson this weekend because I think it's going to be similar to what I what I felt yes. when I saw McDavid for the first time. There are there it's not are, normal. There are players that play at a different level. Yes, McDavid's playing at a different level. Jack Eichel's really good. Yes, the second overall he's pick. solid. Uh, and and I think long, he's better he's than solid. solid. He's a solid. long skater. Yes. Whereas McDavid is the guy you get in the gym. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you did you did separators in the gym, in gym class, and he was an entire line ahead of ahead of everybody else. You know yes. what I mean? Just quick. You know, roadrunner feet. But you know, you talk about you, you talk about this list here, and I and makes me think of the difference between a guy like Ovechkin and a guy like McDavid. Sure. Is Ovechkin was able to elevate? Now, again, Ovechkin, Kane, and Taves, Malkin, and Crosby. Mm-hmm. Ovechkin, while well, he always had good players around him, never really had that running mate, so to speak. Um, and McDavid has never really had that running mate. Look at the difference in levels of success. Look at how much better Ovechkin has been to elevate a team around him, regardless sometimes of what he's skating with, um, where McDavid has never been able to get over that hump. Yeah, the, and that's the difference in greatness. The knock on Ovechkin was that he could't get it to the finish line, but he was always knocking on the door. Always, And, yes. it, was, and it was really just him. It's kind of like Russell Wilson. Right. right. When you look at the Seattle teams that, that you know has been around Russell Wilson and the fact that he continues to go to the playoffs on an annual basis, it's, it's incredible. It's similar, right? You have on contract busts. I do. I've got a couple on, of names there. I mean, you have gems. The Sidney Crosby deal is a great deal. Um, Seth Jones. I, you mentioned Duncan Keith, yeah. Yeah, Seth Jones is an incredible player, by the way. Just watching that. Uh, At 5.4 million, guys. Just watching the Jackets Flyers game the other night with my nine-year-old and uh, – um, Who's ready to sign his goaltending contract? By the way, mm. um, good play as of late. Anyways, mm. I he was pointing out Seth Jones to him, and I said that that's a guy to watch. Um, but look how long it's taken him to become that guy. Traded once already, right? Yes, yeah. from uh, Nashville. Nashville. Um, would you look at the defenseman Nashville's traded? Yeah, they've traded Seth Shea Jones, Weber. Shea Weber, and PK Subban. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Are you kidding me? <laughs> there are teams like Buffalo who would kill to have one of those guys. Yet they still ever. contend. Yeah, and they, they still, still contend, contend Nashville. Yeah. Um, Some of these busts, though. I, yes, I, I mean, I, I tried. Yeah, to Jonathan be, Taves is a bust. I do have. A, I do have his bust. I, I, Paul, you made the perfect point that you know the great players need one more player to get to championship level. He has. He was that player. Mm-hmm. He was. But man, did it fall off fast. I mean, almost essentially yeah. a year and a half after signing this, he got he got a identical contract to Kane, ten and a half million a year. There's still four years left in those deals, yeah. guys. And yeah. Kane's producing. Yes. Kane is still playing high, at a high level. T- Taze is a shell of I, himself. I saw Patrick this summer. Yeah. He, he, he definitely is He's in incredible shape. Yeah. Like, put on a little weight, a little muscle. Um, but Patrick Kane's hands. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, if you ever watch that, there's a video of him handling, doing a puck drill. His hands are incredible. Taves... Um, Never great at carrying the puck. Mm-hmm. He, he was you ever watched physical? Him? He, he yes. created the space. Great in a lot defender, of ways, which lends itself to having your career good, hit the wall quicker. Good passer, yes. but if you ever watch him skate on a rush, he pushes the puck forward. Sure. Doesn't carry it. Anyhow, just just not worth ten and a half though. Well, but and then just speed not. when the speed drops, he's not now. No, correct. No. Uh, Bobby Ryan's contract and kind uh, of a mess, right? Yeah, yeah. Best wishes to him, by yeah. the way, in in his. Off ice situation. Wonder how long that's been, you know. Percolating. Probably a while. That's right. Yeah, but, you know, it's probably the reason this is a bust, right? That's now. correct. Yeah. Yes, his production's been off uh, for what he's dealing with. Uh, Marion, good one here with Marion Gabber. Yeah, now, you want to talk about a player who was like a rising star, and then just international superstar, right? Yes, I mean he was the guy. 
Yeah. He was the next Solanius. When L.A. got him, <laughs> like, okay, fantastic. Uh, I, I like Milan Lucic on here. I do, too. Look at Oof. He was a great player in Boston when he was playing a very specific role and asked to do a couple of things really well and wasn't ever really the number one guy or even on the number one line. Then you give him all that money and the expectations go up. And now, oh, you got to do all that other physical stuff and we need you to score 40 goals. (laughs) Couldn't do it, never could do it. Just a lot of bad decisions by Edmonton. And then you've got two Buffalo contracts on. I would add a third one in Oposo. Yeah. I mean, you got Cody Hodson. I tried to steer clear of injuries. I tried well, to. Well, Cody Hodson's was an injury. Yeah. He's got a, debil- a, a, a back issue yeah. from he, Junior. He was bad before that, though. He was bad. He never was. He was never <laughs> That's as why good, he made the list. He was never as good as that short stint of his in Vancouver. It's a nice kid, though. Yeah. I, you know, I, uh, he's, a, he's a nice kid. Uh, Matt Molson. Uh, yes, horrible contract. Yeah, and then those were desperation contracts given by a, by a flailing franchise that needed to overpay to bring a good player here and make their fans feel good. No question. Villy, oh no, I was going to say Villy Lane on Airhoff, but they were not in this decade. They were prior to this decade. That's right. Was, there was a lot of that. No, they weren't. No, they were in this decade. I don't know if the deal was signed. Yes, they the, were. There, there was a lot of it. There was a lot of, oh, but it was signed in 2009 or 2008. No, there was a lot of that. This was signed uh, under new ownership. Goodness. So it was 2011. Summer of 11, they signed Leno and Erhoff. Yeah, there's a reason the Sabres were bad for a long time. I would not say the (laughs) Erhoff one, um, but I will say the Leno one. Erhoff was an injury, right? Erhoff, uh, was injury and just, you know, kind of fell off there, but he logged a lot of minutes. So I wouldn't put his in that category, but I would put Billy Leno's. One one more contract gem that I didn't really hash out but needs to be said is Stamkos. If you're a hockey player and you followed – the Stamkos negotiations. I mean, he was out of town essentially. Yes, they had him signed. You know, in Toronto, they had him everywhere, and he comes back to Tampa Bay on a ridiculous discount. And that is to the point you, you've been making, Paul. Is he knew they needed three players, and he didn't want to be the, the the lone shark in Toronto at that point. Well, and when he looked at uh, the tax issue, yeah. playing in Canada, he, to play that in was Florida. that was documented, right? That yes. that was a big part of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Good for him. Huge. Good for him. That's a shout-out to our friend Robert Rayola. Yeah, that's right, the tax man, sports tax man. All right, we, uh, we want to move quickly to yeah. golf here yeah. because uh, you have a decade in golf. We do, and it's because we're about to launch golf on Track this week. It will be live. Fantastic. It'll be decades of you know financial information. About that. <laughs> decades of financial information. I'll, I'll find out on tour what the guys think of it when it's <laughs> on there. Um, but the top earners, uh, Paul – Surprising? Without looking. Oh, you're looking. You already know. Uh, I glanced only at the first two. But surprising, right? But but it's not Phil. It's not Tiger. Right. You know, it's it's not not them. It's not Spieth. So I think that in itself is your point. But 10 to 19. See, I thought Spieth would have been uh, near the top. He's at six. Yeah. But you got to think Tiger's injuries. This is top earner's performance-based In purse money. Not marketing or endorsing. And you know what's actually interesting to me? Uh, is FedEx Cup included in this? Yes. All right. Interesting that the guy who's at the top did not has not won the FedEx Cup. Right. That's Dustin Johnson. Yeah. I mean, that's a $10 million, no, Now it's a $15 million bonus. It's a consistency, re- rewarding consistency. Yes. And he wins. He's won every year. Might yeah. not win, but he's in the top yeah. 10 almost all yeah. the time. No, he right? wins every year. Dustin no, Johnson. No, no, no. But I'm that. saying, he. I mean, but but I mean, he doesn't win every tournament, clearly. Yeah. But he's never much beyond the top 10, which generates that kind of you, money. You, could, my, you couldn't round this up to $57 million? <laughs> 56.99 Shout out to Scott Allen for, for his detailed work here. <laughs> Roy Mack. How about, how about the fact that DJ has earned $9 million more than Rory this decade. Plays I mean, again, he wins more. Rory has won some big. I mean, Rory wins the big ones. Plays more tournaments, too, yeah. right? 
DJ? Doesn't he? It's uh, good. Well, question. he yeah, in the decade. Actually, yes, we've got that here somewhere. Right? In the decade, he has because Rory concentrated more on the PGA uh, season this past year. It, I mean, decade wins. Yeah, Dustin Johnson eighteen. Top R- Rory McIlroy seventeen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is cool. Uh, the top event average money earned per event played. Rory three hundred seven thousand, but Dustin two seventy nine. Tiger so Dustin plays more. Yeah, and look what Rory's Rory's we didn't even mentioned Kepka's name yet either. Rory's earnings this year. Yeah, this year alone, um, in, in three victories. I'm going to just do this quickly in my head. He had, well, you got fifteen in the bonus plus the money from the. Per, he's nearly twenty million yeah. this year in just three victories. Yeah. Um, that's incredible. All right, Kevin. So nearly you. half of it, they, it came this year. I'm scrolling down, Kevin. This is only a question that you would have a prayer at answering. Most tournaments played in the decade. The guy who's played the most tournaments this decade. Yeah, this is great. This is a great stat. <laughs> the top five are names that only you. Would no, know. Not, there's not a chance. Right. I don't think he gets one uh, of the well, five. No, I'm saying Hold he on. knows the names. None of us really right. even know the names. I don't know that he's going to get the right answer. Here. Well, is Matt Kuchar on that list? No. No. From Top mo- five most tournaments played in the decade. This is a great question. All right. Uh, all right. So none of them. None of them are household names. No. 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 All right. I mean, you know the first. Name. All right. Yeah. Hang on. Uh, I'm going to say Roy Sabatini. Nope. Stricker on there. No. Nope. Jesus. <laughs> All right. It's way more discreet, man. Oh, <laughs> really? This, yeah. is deeper, a, this is an awesome question. Deeper down the list. Oh, much, including one guy that, frankly, I have never heard of before. These are guys just making full-time jobs out of this. Yeah. That's what this is. You oh. know the first guy, what? Charles Howell, Howell Oh, III. yeah, Chucky Three Sticks. Right. Yeah, yes. he's, he's just a player. Now, i got to okay. tell you something. Baller. You say this about a lot of guys. There is not a nicer person on this planet than Charles Howell III. Nice. I, 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 I mean it. He it could not be a nicer person. Right. All right, you want the rest of the list? Hang on. Aaron Baddeley. Nope. Oh, my God. Hang on. That's a good guess, though. Was it, uh, <laughs> That's a good guess. So Charles Howell III. I, 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 I swear to you, I have never heard of the, the next four. Um, I have yeah. never heard of the next four. <laughs> oh, my God. That, that makes me want to get it. It's got to um, be... He, so this has got to be a player, and they've got to be in their mid to late sure, 30s. Sure, they're playing, yeah. Because um, they've been playing the last decade. Jeez, and you say Sabatini. I didn't even know there was a J.J. in, in J.J. Henry? I didn't even yeah. know there was oh a J.J. Oh, my God, J.J. Henry. Oh, yes. Yeah. All no, right. yeah, no, he that's, not, that's not doing it for me. I'm not. No. He, played, he played at TCU. <laughs> of course he did. Um, <laughs> I actually, uh, I, I may have disrupted him on a putt uh, sure. once, and I apologize. like, ah, dude, I don't, you're fine. Don't worry about it. Um. Davis Love the Third. Nope. Good guess. Jeez. Good guess. That's a name everybody would know. Kevin. Chris Stroud. You, is Chris third. Stroud is number three. Chris Stroud. Yeah. Chris Stroud. I if I if is he the player? He might have been the player who told. Don't ask us. Tell us. No. Yeah. <laughs> we don't no. know. I no. I, I believe Chris Stroud. I'm just. Uh, he took himself out of like afternoon play at a Ryder Cup. Just because what? Uh, just a ball game on? Just <laughs> so because he felt he was tired. He just felt he could really. Play. Oh, and he got he got yeah. chastised for it. I yeah. th- I think it was him, um, which I would have said. You know what? I, I give the guy credit for saying, yeah. "Look at I can't go." Like the emotion of it. Like, you know, there's a team. Get some other people out there. Um, how about Harrison Frazier? Nope. Good guess. Uh, we're giving two more guesses than we're giving everybody else. Brian Gay. No. No. Wow, I would have thought Brian Gay would have been there. Yeah, one Go for more it, Paul. Guess. Reveal it, man. Uh, I give him one more guess. Give me one more guess. Yeah, one more guess. So you're thinking journeyman PGA player. I'll uh, give you this. One of them is a Kevin. Yeah. 
Kevin Streelman. That's there you right. go. He's fifth. Another, another super fourth, nice guy. Fourth is Cameron Tringali. Oh, yeah, Cameron Tringali. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. So that's your five. Most tournaments <laughs> played in the decade. Read them again. Charles Howell the third. Yeah. J.J. Henry, Chris Stroud, Cameron Tringali, Kevin Streelman. Wow. Is that, that is literally the utility infielder. I am coming out and playing every game <laughs> I um, love it. At, of, of golf. Streels had one of the greatest finishes at, to win the uh, Travelers Championship. I mean, what, like six birdies in a row to finish to win. That is, uh, wow. Yep. That's awesome. Pretty good. Cool. Uh, and you, most wins in the decade, DJ with 18, Dustin Johnson. Yeah. that And, and this is just their on-course average. I like the majors, the masters in the last decade. Yeah. Jordan Spieth, four and a half million. Bubba Watson, three point eight. Tiger, three point three. Yeah, and then the U.S. Open, Kapka, six. Well, let's know, go on Kapka because yeah. I think one of the interesting stats here is the uh, average money per event played this decade. Kapka's fourth. Sure, and it's because of winning. No, it's because he doesn't. Give a darn about his those other tournaments. His averages are low. His yeah. average amounts are he, He's not going out there and playing every week. He's picking and choosing his spots. And he's, and he's winning. And, he's, and, and he's he winning plays, when he, he does. Oh, so you're talking about, yeah. So average per, per average. Yeah, Rory is one at 307,000. Yeah, but Kepka's right there. And Has Kepka played half the decade? Yeah. At a high level? Yeah, he's, so, only, been, he's only been around half the decade. Be, That's it, what I mean. Yeah. It might be double the amount of events. Yeah. I mean, it, his efficiency might be a model people start to take, right? Yeah. These top well, golfers. It's going to be interesting to see how he rebounds from his knee injuries. Mm. Taking himself out of the President's Cup. Yeah. Um, you know, hasn't uh, really been uh, playing. In, and now with his rivalry comments with Rory. I love it. Um, it. You know, I don't look at it as Brooks is trying to throw shade no. at Rory at all. Brooks, I find Brooks to be a very matter-of-fact guy when he says, well, it's not like I've been coming down the stretch with him. Really, they, they've played in the final group twice recently, and they each won one. And Brooks won the World Golf Championship at FedEx St. Jude, right, uh, in Memphis. That was in August. And Rory won the Tour Championship yeah. in the final group in um, the end of August. They're both Here, – Here's what scares me about month. those two, Kevin, and I think you, you'd confirm. They're fun to watch. Yes. But they're boring guys, right? I mean, those are not polarizing guys you want, you know, marketing the PGA for the next 10 years, right? Oh, I – well – Right? And, so here's I mean there are no Mickelsons is my point. So basically <laughs> so basically we've learned yeah. today that it's all about winning the press conference with you and it's all about creating controversy. Well, from a league standpoint, <laughs> that has to be a big part of it, right? I mean you you well, how want about being you good want and winning. Stars. How about being good and Rory, winning? Oh, that's Rory, boring, Paul. Rory <laughs> uh, Rory says plenty of um interesting comments yeah? and sometimes controversial comments, but he's such a nice guy. That that it just it, and it and it says it so calmly. It just, just laugh gets, it off. Yeah, yeah. It just gets it, to me. It gets blown so over. So he's the he's the kind of person you think that could carry the sport. I, I is think, my point. Well, n- nobody carries a sport like Tiger. No, we can't. That's I, too much to ask. I, well, I'm just saying, like Tiger's still the the straw that stirs a drink. Yeah. And even if you go to an event with Tiger and Phil, the galleries around Tiger are three times what they are around. Starts Phil. this week, right? Thursday. And yeah, the Hero, Hero World, World cha- yeah. challenge. Um. Kepka is a star. Rory's a star. Rory's more of an international star. Um, that's that's a good point. You've yes. got your U.S. guy and your international guy. Yes. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. So I, you know, I, I think Speeth is the guy. If he can, if he can come back to form, he has a presence. He's about got an him. edge too. He does. Yeah. And you just tell the way he walks. Yeah. He has a presence. He reminds about me him. of Kobe. 
You know what I'm talking sure. about? Yes. Where there's that aura around him. Yes. He, Spieth has it. He yeah. does. You can ask any player on tour, like, you know, when Spieth walks, it's like someone's walking in the locker room. And it's not because he's cocky or whatever. He eh. just, no, he just has he just has that posture, that presence, uh, that, that intensity on the, on the golf course. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I just I look at guys like Fowler and Day, I feel like their days have come. Don't you think? Well, Jason starting Day to fall back a little bit. Just here. pulled out because of a back injury. Yeah, so too many injuries. I don't see um, those guys taking the next step. To me, the three names you mentioned are probably going to be the the breadwinners for the next at least two to three well, years, right? Uh, I will I will mention a couple of young players. Rom, who just won the yeah. race to Dubai, and he's a fan favorite. Yeah, and he's a fiery guy. Yeah, a uh, ton of talent. Uh, Victor Hovland. Oh, I don't even know that name. Yeah, so he just came out. Uh, he came out of Oklahoma State. Two players came out of Oklahoma State. Uh, one of them won. Matt Wolf won right away. He won the uh, Rocket Mortgage. He's got that funky-looking swing. Mm-hmm. Um, talented young player. But Victor Hovland's the guy. He is from um, he's Scandinavian. I'm trying to figure which. Sweden, uh, Finland. A- and he is an unbelievable player. He came out of the gate. He, he got his card, but he shot, oh, my gosh, 13 straight rounds in the 60s. Wow. Great player. Wow. Yeah, so let's do that's this. Watch. Let's do this. Uh, NHL and PGA. Who are we talking about the, for the next decade? NHL, you're talking about Connor McDavid, definitely for the next. No decade. one else has a chance to Ooh, step up and overtake not, him. He plays in a place that we don't talk about at all. It, that we don't I, see very I much. I agree, Paul. And hasn't won enough. I think so it's going to take not, a trade. Yeah, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to say that that's a slam dunk right now. Uh, frankly, I don't. I, can't, I don't know who my other choice would be, honestly. Um, uh, Austin because, Matthews. Austin, eh, Toronto. Maybe. You know, I mean, again. If you're looking at a player who plays in a big market. Yes. You know, and, and here's yes. the answer to both of your questions is that we're going to keep talking about Crosby and Tiger until they're dead. I mean, I'm watching the <laughs> Sunday night football game, and they're promoing Look at Paul Tiger. winning that press conference right um, there. Yeah, watch <laughs> Tiger back-to-back weeks. Yeah, yes. I mean, in, in sort of meaningless, mindless tournaments, and he hasn't played well, great either, but he's Tiger, and if he's playing, that's the promo well, during the middle of the football game. That, that, well, that's what I mean. I, I, I'm looking at who do we deem some of the greats of all time. Sure. And Tigers and Crosby are, I mean, they tra- yeah. they'll transcend no time. But the next 10 years, I'm Connor they're McDavid. on the back ends of their, con- of their careers. I'm going Connor McDavid. I'm, I'm going to cop out and say we don't know yet. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Because it's going to be a player drafted in 2022 that we'll oh, be talking about for the rest of the man. decade. That's fair. I guess that's fair. See? Cop out. Get out of here. Connor, Connor McDavid nope. in hockey. What about golf? And in golf. You've got a beat on this, Kevin. Who's who's the next guy? I'll say, you know you what? it's Rom? The next guy? Is DJ done? Because DJ's in the prime right now. This is the prime age, right? I mean, this yeah. is when you go. But how much do we talk about DJ anyway? Uh, I'm gonna, I, boy, next 10 years, I'm... Couldn't it be Spieth? I'm going to say Victor Hovland. Spieth. I think I, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm going to not to go to Paul's point and not pick. You know, not pick somebody yeah. that uh, really hasn't been here yet. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, so, but he's still 23, 24. Victor Hovland. Isn't no, that ra- Spieth. Isn't that rare in golf? No, he's though? like 25. I think. All right, yeah. so he's still got 10 more years. He's got. He's sure. going to be in his prime in Spieth. the next hey, decade. Spieth. I'm, I sure. am going to pick Spieth. I'm going to go. Gonna I'm going to go Victor Hovland. Okay. All right. Jordan Spieth, 26. Yeah, I'm going to pick Spieth. Okay. I think there's a renaissance in his career. I, sure. I don't think Rory's going away either, boys. No. <laughs> I, think, I think Rory, the way he drives a golf ball, you know, he's in shape. Yep. Um, Kepka seems like a guy who will make his money and get out. Yeah. Kepka, is that, wrong, is that a wrong assessment? About. I think Kepka has um, interests outside of it. And TV? 
Yeah, I, seems I, like I, a guy. I think he'd be great on television. Me too. I think unbelievable. I think he's not long for that. Yeah, I, well, I I just think I, the way he works out um, with, with the golf swing, you know, mm-hmm. he's got a knee, he's had a recurring knee injury here. He's had a wrist injury. Um, those things uh, start to mount yeah, for golfers. We've seen it with Tiger, right? Uh, Rory, knock on wood, for the most part. I mean, he injured himself playing soccer two years ago, <laughs> right when he was young. Um, but he takes great care of his body's flexibility and all that stuff. But um, uh, Speed's a good choice. Rory would be a good choice. But I'm. Try someone new, Victor Hovland. I like it. Okay, Morgan Stanley, Global Sports Entertainment. They want to certainly know it's going to be the next decade because they want to help them with all of those earnings. Think they're projecting like we do to try to nail down these names? Absolutely. I like it. Yes, they do. Or they're just listening to this podcast. (laughs) Uh, Athletes, entertainers. But for those who are in the short short term, they they need good decisions how to hang on to those finances and wealth. Especially hockey players. Case of injury or in case of uh, short careers. Learn more, go to morganstanley.com slash GSE, Morgan Stanley Smith Barney, LLC, member SIPC. For Mike Giannetti and Paul Peck, I'm Kevin Sylvester. Thanks for listening to the Spot Track Podcast.